Those are the echoes from the tomb, <laughs> which is empty. He is risen. Amen. Thank you, Elena, for giving us the good news from the words today. Friends, he is risen as we, we say this each year, and we say it over and over again on this beautiful Easter morning, that it connects us with the ancients, right? Throughout the ages, this has been the call and response of the followers of Jesus, and it's happening today all around the world, these same words being repeated. This morning, also, the call to worship that we read together is the Fos Hilaron, which is one of the earliest hymns of the church, dating back as far as, at least, at least as far as the second century, that this hymn lives on, that sings the praises of the one who is risen. This is the good news. The good news that death and the grave have been overcome, that we might have life, real and true life is available to us all. And this is how God demonstrates his love for us. That Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. But thanks be to God, he didn't stop there. He was on a train passing through this grave. That he was raised to new life, raised from the dead, that we too might have new life. This is the good news that we see on display every time we go to Morgan Creek to celebrate baptism. Right, that we go to the water's edge and we watch there as a person enters the waters, joining Christ with him in his death. And then going under the water, being buried with Christ. Did anybody's baptism stop there? No? Okay, you're still with us. All right. <laughs> good news, good news. Then raised to new life. The resurrection we celebrate every time in baptism. And so I encourage you, if you have been baptized, remember your baptism today. If you have not yet been baptized, and that is something that you would like to talk about, if that is something you would like to do, there are connect cards kind of scattered throughout. You can indicate that, and we would love to talk with you. You can catch me after the service today, but we would love to celebrate that transition from death to life with you. The good news that he is risen. Can we talk for a minute about what the good news is not? The good news is not that we somehow have a free pass from the hard things of this world. Amen? Mm -hmm. The good news is not that we have a guarantee of a comfortable life from the time we come out of the waters and then go forth. It didn't work that way for me. If you figured that out, let me know, okay? It's also not permission to just do whatever the heck we want and then slap God's seal of approval on it to do it in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive us 
for where we have done that. The good news is not a life or a world without tragedy. Right? To pull forward a line from the chosen. Thank you, Amanda, for going ahead and checking that off the bingo card. Um, If you didn't get it the first round, here we go. Bones will still break. Hearts will still break. But this is the good news, that Jesus is risen. He is who he said he was and is. He is alive and well, and he loves you so much that his primary desire is to be in a walking, talking relationship with you. To be so close that when you find yourself in a pit, in the pits of this life, he's not just on the edge there ready to to lift you out. He's already in the pit with you. And when you yourself are walking through the pits of hell, you can rest assured that you are nowhere that Jesus has not already been. And today we celebrate that he rose victorious over the power of sin, which brings about separation and death. But for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus is the kernel of wheat, the seed that has fallen to the ground and died so that we can see new life sprouting up through the dirt, the muck, the fertilizer on top of that all. The new creation may be brought to life and ushered in in our midst. You know, many of you know that Riley and Avery and I toy around in the garden. We are not the master gardeners that some of you are, but we like to play in the dirt. And this year, our pea plants, the peas are one of our favorites to grow. They are actually growing from the seed of peas that we grew two years ago. Don't ask me about last year. (laughs) One, the seeds got lost in the garage. If you've seen my garage, it's maybe a symbol of my crazy life. Two, the rabbits and deer won last year. They just won. We let them have it. And they are not getting in this year. Those peas are growing beautifully. And what an image of this that we actually saw die dry and shrivel up even, could be put in the ground and sprout to new life. It is a sign and a symbol of new creation coming in our midst. 
So let's look at this good news as Elena read for us today. How do we get this good news? How does it come to us? How does it come to the disciples? Who were the first to the tomb? You can shout it out if you want. This is, you're, you're free to talk back. The ladies! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, it says, went to look at the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Who's the other Mary? Anybody? Mommy. <laughs> Mommy, yes. Yes, Jesus' mother. There to look at the tomb. She comes expectant of a closed and full tomb, right? When we rewind the scene just a little bit before Matthew 28, in Matthew 27, verses 55 and 56, it captures for us that many women are there. Verse 56 names them, many of them at least, Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, that's Jesus' mom. Jesus had brothers, in case you're curious about who are James and Joseph. And the mother of Zebedee's sons, James and John, the sons of thunder, their mom, Salome, in their midst. Who do we not have named here? Peter? James? Thaddeus, Nathaniel, Thomas, Philip, Andrew, where are the other 11? John's account does tell us that John might have been there at least for a little bit at the cross. John has a way of writing himself. (laughs) (laughs) But would we even have this firsthand account if it weren't for the courage of the women who stood at the foot of the cross? And those same women who had the courage to get up and go to the tomb on the day after the Sabbath. Y'all, women are the first to proclaim the good news. It's a whole nother message, but if you want to talk about women proclaiming the good news, I would welcome that. (laughs) Because women are called to proclaim the good news. And if anyone has ever told you otherwise as a woman, I'm sorry. And proclaim on, my friend. (laughs) You've got the example set for you already. So the women get to the tomb, and they experience what? It says a violent earthquake. I don't just walk around experiencing violent earthquakes very often. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know. That would have thrown me off, and I think I probably would have gone back home at that point. <laughs> Had to go somewhere, but an angel came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and sat on it. His appearance like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow, y'all. That's freaky. (laughs) There's two things that jump out to me here. That the description of the angel is just like spot on. And I don't know how they even looked at him. Looked at it. There's no gender ascribed to the angel here. Let me correct myself. 
the angel is described in such a way that I'm like, how do you even look in that direction? And then that the guards, the guards who were stationed there, right, to guard a dead person's tomb. Like, that had to be one of the easiest assignments, right? That they're like, dead guy in the tomb, we're just hanging out tonight. Except that the guards then themselves became like dead men for their fear. So the angel says to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Oh, the angel. When angels show up, right, just sitting back on the stone of this tomb, all glimmering and lightning, flashing bright, they notoriously say, do not be afraid. Yeah, yeah the Greek word here is phobeo which I think translates actually, don't mess your britches. Um, it's, it's, your phobeo from messing your britches. No. It's amazing that they could even hear words coming out of the angel's mouth, right? That they were so present and fixed in this moment, I would have run in terror, I'm just telling you. I wouldn't have been standing around. But their courage. Hmm. So somehow they hear what the angel has to say next. He's not here. He is risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly to tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now, if you remember nothing else from today, the invitation to come and see, to go and tell, that is the invitation that Jesus makes to all of us. Come and see Go and tell. That invitation is the same on the first day of the resurrection as it is today. The angel gives them that. And so what did they do? They hurry away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. And they ran to go tell the disciples no, they went to go do as the angel told them to do, right? Matthew describes them as afraid yet filled with joy. They go with fear and with joy at the same time. Can you think of a time in your life where you have felt that mix? If you have, just reflect on that for a minute. When I've experienced it, I've often just said, like, this, I am terrified and excited, right, at the same time, being overwhelmed with both fear and joy. And how often when I feel those two things together, that it's confirmation I'm right where I need to be. 
that I'm doing or being a part of something that is so big that God must show up, otherwise I'm going to fall flat on my face. I felt that when I started seminary. Yo, I'm not a great reader. I'm just going to put that out there. And every class is like three to 5,000 pages of reading. What was I doing? I still look back and I'm like, how did that happen? When I moved to Chapel Hill almost 15 years ago to be a part of a team to start a new church here, those were the feelings, fear and joy when both my daughters were born. When I interviewed for the front desk position at the Chamber of Commerce almost 12 years ago, those feelings of fear and joy. And then when I took the next step into becoming the vice president and chief of staff at the Chamber of Commerce, those feelings again and then to say yes to this call, to be the first full-time lead pastor of Love Chapel Hill a year ago, this month. <laughs> Thank you. Are there places in your life right now that fear and joy are being stirred up? Are you looking for that? Are you longing for that? And maybe that's not the feeling, but looking for that confirmation, you are where you need to be. Or maybe a move to say, there's another direction you should be going right now. The women going out then as they are on their way to tell the good news. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. It's so nerdy. <laughs> Greetings. It's just it's the translation for the word we would say is hi, right? And they came to him and they collapsed at his feet and worshiped. Jesus said, again, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, and there they will see me. How oh, the gift of the women going to do as the angel commanded them, and on their way, they encountered the risen Jesus. And Jesus says, hi, and all of the fullness of their fear and joy are realized that what they've heard is true. What they now have seen with their own eyes. And Jesus tells them again the same. Come and see. Go and tell. That the Almighty God who spoke all of creation into existence, who entered time and space, submitting to walking this earth in human form, that he may lead all of creation through the valley of the shadow of death, putting seeds of new life and new creation all along the way 
planting them in the ground that those who have eyes to see and ears to hear may see the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. All right, a way has been made for our souls to be in alignment with the one who made us. That there's a bridge. There's a bridge crossing the divide from what happens when all of creation was corrupted in the garden. The entrance of, of thinking that we could run God's world better than God. That bridge extends to us today, finding and encountering Jesus. That bridge that takes us on to the new creation as it is unfolding in our midst. Where at the end, at last, there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more death, but eternally the fullness of light and life. We're invited to experience it and see it today. Come and see, go and tell. When I think about that simple message, and I think about the disciples then hearing it, right? The women make it to them and they're hearing this. Come and see and go and tell. Does that sound familiar to them? Does it sound familiar to you? It sounds to me a whole lot like, come follow me. The call for each of the disciples to come follow me. They, they already knew that call and they already knew the cost all too well. Friends, there's risk in following Jesus. Following Jesus is anything but easy. In fact, we are promised that in this world we will have trouble. Remember what the good news is not. Sometimes we can get stuck in that place of feeling like we are surrounded by trouble. We are surrounded by death and destruction. Each of us in this room have the stories of just even how this year has started. But in the midst of that, we have to remember the next line of that promise. But behold, I have overcome the world. And this day we celebrate the overcoming, the resurrection The women are invited in to see the tomb, right? What if they didn't come back out? What if they just went in and saw the empty tomb, set up a museum, and were like, yes, <laughs> it happened. Sometimes we can get stuck in the tomb. Sometimes we can hear that the tomb is empty and that's amazing, but that alone is not the good news. He is risen. That is the good news. Because if he is risen, we can encounter him. We can encounter him again here and now. It isn't, after, isn't it after that 
that the women go and tell. And as they go, they encounter not just the angel, and they've not just seen the empty tomb that morning, but who do they encounter? Sunday school answer. (laughs) Yes. Jesus! They saw the empty tomb, and they were ready to go tell all about it. But whoa. But whoa, this is a whole other thing they have seen. They have touched. They have heard the risen Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be just a high-functioning tomb dweller. In the tomb, that Jesus is no longer there. It can feel safe in there out away from the world. There's little risk, but there's also not much of life happening there in an empty tomb. We can approach life in a lot of ways. There's generally two possibilities where we can go through life. You can go through life just trying not to die. And I spent much of my life that way. Avoiding, avoiding the things that might cause pain. Avoiding tough conversations. Avoiding the things that might bring death or pain or struggle. But friends, there's another way to approach life. Another way to go is to embrace life to the fullest, to live into this day, knowing we will someday face physical death. Maybe even today, maybe tomorrow. It's a sunny Easter day and I'm raining on the parade. But none of us is promised tomorrow. Today, we can live fully into this day, the day that the Lord has made to be the people God has created us to be. And when we live life in this way, we find that death is just a doorway into resurrection life. As one of the gospel writers, Luke, I think, captures this moment, the angels ask the first to come to the tomb, why do you look for the living among the dead? And so Jesus and the risen Jesus brings us to a place of deciding, are we going to keep on trying to avoid death? And especially in our Western American context, don't we try to do everything to avoid death? Or are we going to embrace life? Let me make it more personal. Am I going to keep trying to avoid death? Or am I going to embrace life? What about you? Are you ready to embrace life?
thank God that the women came back out of the tomb and didn't stay there so that they could encounter the resurrected Jesus. Friends, is this your resurrection day? Are you being called out of the grave? Are you ready for new life in Jesus? The angel is calling to you too. Come and see. And go and tell. Maybe you heard the good news about the empty tomb and it was so amazing that you said yes and you got as far as the empty tomb. And that's awesome. But what you're longing for is an encounter with the risen Jesus. He's ready to meet you today. In the quiet of this morning, as we turn our attention to the table, he's inviting you. He's inviting you to encounter him as we taste the bread. Remember that his body was broken for us. And as we dip it in the cup, that his blood was shed for us. And the forgiveness of sin. Maybe you've encountered Jesus and you know that it's actually time for you to go and tell. Maybe the Lord is laying that on your heart, that there, there's something for you to tell. It doesn't mean that you have to get up in front of a crowd to preach. It doesn't mean that you have to stand on the corner and preach. It doesn't mean that you have to be on this stage. The go and tell it's as simple as the conversation to share your own encounter with Jesus. So first we have to encounter Jesus. And then we get to go and tell. Is there somebody that's on your heart even now that you might share your story with? A coworker, a friend, a family member? You don't have to have plan of salvation all mapped out to share with them. Just tell your story. Tell the story of encountering Jesus. Friends, today, if you want to know more about following Jesus, if you are ready to surrender your life to him, during communion, I'm just going to be on the second row right here. Come sit next to me. share my story. And if you're ready to come out of the tomb and encounter Jesus, I'd love to talk with you about that too, pray with you. This is a place of encounter. That this beautiful loaf of Ukrainian Easter bread. Allison Otwell, you rock. <laughs> Thank you for making this bread for us to celebrate our risen
and the beauty of it, the encounter of it, is that as beautiful as the body is, friends, it is broken in all kinds of pieces for you. (laughs) Broken for you. His blood was poured out for you and for the forgiveness of sin. it in the cup. Taste and see that the Lord is good, that he is risen. We invite you to come. This bread is full of gluten. There is gluten-free bread over here. Whichever you need, come and receive the good news of Jesus.